to the Idiot Book Nook. My name is Blazing. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I am the Reading Dragon. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Lady Punnett. My pronouns are primarily she, her. Sometimes they, them. Today is a she, her kind of day. And I'm pretty shy. My pronouns are she, her, they, them. Today is a them day. <laughs> If you would like to follow us on social media, you can do so at lanktr.ee slash idiotbooknook. You'll be able to find links to all of our personal socials, links to our podcast feeds on whatever platform they're on, our YouTube and our Twitch, where if you're listening to the podcast, you can actually come and join us on Twitch at 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings for the moment and uh, listen to the shenaniganry um, and all everything that this stream and whatnot entails with a bunch of ADHD-addled brains, if you so choose. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I believe we have chapter 43 and our second last chapter of this book that we are about to finish. Dun, dun, dun. So, is our narrator ready to take this away? As ready as I'll ever be. Narrator, take it away. The Bartimaeus Trilogy, book one. The Amulet of Samarkand, written by Jonathan Stroud, narrated by The Reading Dragon, voice acted by The Reading Dragon, Blaze Wayne 2010, Lady Punnett, and Crittershy. 43. Bartimaeus. Typical of the kid that was, having carried out the most important act of his grubby little life, You'd expect him to sink to the ground in exhaustion and relief. But did he? No. This was his big chance, and he seized it in the most theatrical fashion possible. With all eyes on him, he hobbled across the ruined auditorium like a wounded bird, frail as you'd like, straight for the center of power. What was he going to do? No one knew! No one dared to guess. I saw the Prime Minister flinch when the boy held out his hand. And then, in the climatic moment of this little charade, all was revealed. The legendary amulet of Samarkand held up high so all could see, handed back to the bosom of the government. The kid even remembered to bow his head deferentially as he did so. Sensation in the hall. What a performance, eh? Hmm, in fact, most, almost more than his ability to bully Jin. This instinctive pandering to the crowd suggested to me that the boy was probably destined for, destined for worldly success. Certainly, his actions here had the desired effect. In moments, he was the center of an admiring throng. Footnote 1. If magicians rely on theatrical effects to overawe the people, they also use much the same techniques to impress and outmaneuver each other. Unnoticed in all this fuss, I abandoned Ptolemy's form and took on the semblance of a minor imp, which presently, which presently, when the crowd drew back, hovered over to the boy's side in a humble sort of way. 
I had no desire for my true capabilities to be noticed. Someone might have drawn a connection with the swashbuckling genie who had lately escaped from the government prison. (laughs) Nathaniel's shoulder was the ideal vantage point for me to observe the aftermath of the attempted coup. Since, for a few hours at least, the boy was the centre of attention. Wherever the Prime Minister and his senior colleagues went, my master went too, answering urgent questions and stuffing his face with the reviving sweetmeats sweetmeats and underlings that mm, with the reviving sweetmeats at that underlings brought him when a systematic headcount was made the list of missing was found to include four ministers all fortunately from fairly junior posts and a single undersecretary in addition several magicians had suffered major facial and bodily distortions or been otherwise inconvenienced. Footnote 2. Amanda Cathcart, Simon Lovelace, and six servants had also vanished into the rift, or the mouth of Ramuthrum. But under the circumstances, the magicians did not consider these significant losses. <laughs> oh, the general relief quickly turned to anger. With Ramuthra gone, The magicians were able to set their slaves against the magical barriers on the doors and walls and quickly burst out into the house. A thorough search was made of Haddleham Hall, but apart from assorted servants, the dead body of the old man and an angry boy locked in a lavatory. Oh, shit. No one was discovered. Unsurprisingly, the fish-faced magician Rufus Lime, Rufus Lime was gone, nor was there any sign of the tall, black-bearded man who had manned the gatehouse. Both seemed to have vanished into thin air. Nathaniel also directed the investigators to the kitchen, where a compressed group of undercooks was found trembling in a pantry. They reported that about half an hour previously, the head chef had given a great cry, burst into blue flame, and swelled to a great and terrifying size before vanishing in a gust of brimstone. Upon inspection, a meat cleaver was found deeply embedded in the stonework of the fireplace. Oh, the last memento of a quarrel's bondage. Footnote three. That is... At exactly the moment, Lovelace perished. Footnote four. So once again, our paths had crossed without the definitive, without a definitive confrontation. A pity, really. I was looking forward to giving Farquhar a good hiding. I just hadn't quite had the time to go around it, to get around to it. With the main conspirators, conspirators dead or vanished, the magician set to interrogating the servants of the hall. However, they proved ignorant of the conspiracy. They reported that during the previous few weeks, Simon Lovelace had organized the extensive refurbishment of the auditorium, keeping it out of bounds for long periods. Unseen workers, accompanied by many oddly colored lights and sounds, 
had constructed the glass floor and inserted the new carpet, supervised by a certain well-dressed gentleman with a round face and reddish beard. Footnote 5. As well as no doubt creating the secret mechanisms in an adjacent room, which pulled back the carpet from the floor and triggered the bars upon the windows. Certain types of foliates are very gifted at construction jobs. I used to have a band of them under me working on the walls of Prague. The good workers provided they they're good workers, provided they don't hear the sound of church bells, in which case they drop their tools and crumble into ashes. That was a drag on festival days. I had to employ a bunch of imps with dustpans and brushes to sweep away the pieces. This was a new clue. My master eagerly reported citing such a person leaving the hall that very morning. And messengers were immediately sent out with, this de with his description to alert the police in London and the home counties. When all was done, that could be done, Devereux and his senior ministers refreshed themselves with champagne, cold meats, and jellied fruits and listened properly to my master's story. And what a story it was. What an out... What an outrageous yarn he told. Even I, with my long experience of human duplicity, was flabbergasted by the whoppers that boy came up with. To be frank, he did have a lot of things to hide. His own theft of the amulet, for example, and uh, <laughs> my little encounter with Sholto Pin. Ah, but a lot of his fibs were quite unnecessary. I had to sit quietly on his shoulder and hear myself referred to as a uh, minor imp five times, a sort of foliate twice, and even once a homunculus. I ask you, how insulting is that? Footnote six. Greta? Oh, I thought it was... Uh, no, I, okay. I do the odd numbers. You do even. Oh, okay. Homunculus, a tiny mannequin produced by magic and often trapped in a bottle as a magician's curio. A few have prophetic powers, although it is important to do exactly the opposite of what they recommend, since homunculi are always malevolent and seek to do their creators harm. Yep. Full metal, anyone? <laughs> Don't try not to lose an arm or a leg when creating one, or your soul. Only or if I get eyes. cool replacements, right? But that wasn't the half of it. He recounted with big, mournful eyes how his dear master, Arthur Underwood, had long been suspicious of Simon Lovelace, but had never had proof of any wrongdoing. Until, that was, the fateful day when Underwood had, by chance, perceived the amulet of Samarkand in Lovelace's possession. Before he could tell the authorities, Lovelace and his gin had arrived at the house intent on murder. 
Underwood, together with John Mandrake, his faithful apprentice, had put up strong resistance, while even Mrs. Underwood had pitched in, heroically trying to tackle Lovelace himself, herself. All in vain. Mr. and Mrs. Underwood had been killed, and Nathaniel had fled for his life with only a minor imp to help him. There were actually tears in his eyes when he recounted all this. Would that be a performance or a deception check? Yes. yes. It was almost as if he believed the rubbish he was spouting. So, I want to say it'd be a performance check for him and a bluff check to make everyone else believe. Yeah. Mm, that's a good yeah so falling pathfinder rules then or deception well performance to make it they huh? have to do a performance to outdo their like insight yeah it, performance to keep them enraptured and a deception to make them believe yep mm. that was the bulk of his lie having no way of proving lovelace's guilt nathaniel had then traveled to Haddle to Heddleham, to, uh, to Heddleham Hall in the hope of somehow preventing his terrible crime. Now, he was only happy he had managed to save the lives of his country's noble rulers, etc., etc. Honestly, it was enough to make an imp weep. But they bought it. Didn't doubt a single word. He had another hurried snack. A swig of champagne. And then my master was whisked away in a ministerial limousine back to London and further debriefing. I went along too, of course. I wasn't letting him out of my sights for anything. He had a promise to keep. And thus ends chapter 43 of the Amulet of Samarkand. So that, that was actually pretty clever of him because... He Nathaniel is continuing to put on this act that he is not as powerful as he seems. Yeah. And he could have thrown Mr. Underwood under the bus. Yep. He could have just made it that Mrs. Underwood was the hero of this, how yep. she tackled him to the ground and told mm. him to run. But no, by making it seem like he is just a kid who is very good at memorizing that he... That his master had long since had theories about it, but had no proof to come up with it. Mm -hmm. That he is weaving this believable tale. That he is still just an apprentice who is trying to do the right thing. That none of the things that he had done, because he didn't reveal that he actually also can, and that his imp was also the one that tried to break in mm -hmm. to Sholto Pin's place. That he is weaving this narrative that he is also a hero in this story but only a small part to continue on with this whole theatrical storytelling of him still being an apprentice and trying to move his way up and trying to do this in memory of his master and his wife you know what they call mm -hmm. that hmm. politics yeah yeah uh, he's definitely like he's smart enough to recognize that even if he had told like a majority of the truth 
most of the people in that room probably wouldn't have believed the truth from him. Mm-hmm. They don't believe that the kid, that a kid like that would be capable of that. Yeah. So he's definitely doing the best thing for that situation in that case by lying in a way that puts to meet people's expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a way, he is also like putting himself right in the line of fire. Well, not the line of fire, but right in the limelight of being this kid who his master had entrusted him with doing the right thing. But now it's also paints picture of like, oh no, this poor little boy that saved us doesn't have a place to go. He has no <laughs> master to help him. Yeah. Poor thing. He's only got a little imp. He only has this tiny little imp who well, we can't just let our saver be homeless. No. And he's sucking up to the prime minister. Well, he's not even sucking up to the prime minister. The prime minister is all like, oh, this kid saved us all. Yep. He should be praised. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this time and time again. Nathaniel's not stupid. Nathaniel's got brains to him. He knows what he's doing. He's just a little arrogant. That that mm-hmm. reminds me of that. This was something I forgot to discuss in the last chapter we read. That we were making these parallels between Lovelace and Nathaniel. And Lovelace outright said, you are a younger me. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. But being with the Underwood has made you soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only thing was, though, even though Nathaniel knew that Underwood made him soft, it wasn't the Underwood he was thinking of. So, it was Mrs. Underwood. So there's our thing. Lovelace himself admitted that Nathaniel was him as a younger child. And yeah. it's Underwood's doing that Nathaniel did not turn out like Lovelace. Therefore, Mr. Underwood, in some respect, even if we don't like him, even if we have harsh feelings about Underwood, he saved Nathaniel from a fate worse than death. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kept him I mean, from look being at it an this asshole. way. If and... Nathaniel had ended up as Lovelace's apprentice, he probably oh would have been in the room. Mr. Underwood saved his life. And gave him kind of the know-how in order to deal with the shit that was coming up. Whereas Mrs. Underwood and Ms. Lutien's were his conscience. Yeah, they they basically provided him with the human compassion that most magicians seem to lack. Or that Lovelace didn't get. Yeah. yeah. So. Do we have anything else? Not really. It was a short one. I'm very, mm-hmm. very interested to find out how this is going to like what what what's next is he like is the minister going to like take him under his wing is it going to be somebody else but i'm i'm i want to know what happens next right well we are at the very last chapter in next episode of uh the amulet of samarkand so i wouldn't be surprised and this is my prediction that it's either going to be the prime minister himself that takes him in or hmm. it's going to be like one of the high-ranking uh, military cabinet members. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because think about it. How good would it look on Devereaux to have the savior of the cabinet as his new apprentice? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because all the magicians in that room saw a 12-year-old kid pull out a spell out of his butt, basically, from their (laughs) point of view, that put this chaotic elemental bomb back in its hole (laughs) and willingly give him 
an object of great power. It would yeah. be ridiculous not to keep somebody like that near you. And publicly, well, that looks that's like massive PR. Look at it. Like I, I took in this poor boy who like was done wrong and saved our country. Me. So yeah, I think it's a good prediction. Let me see here. How many pages do we got? Look, well, actually, no, I can just look. We have uh, da, 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 eight. Yeah. Eight pages left. Oh. It's weird. This particular chapter does not have a heading for the point of view. Oh, yeah. I think it's when so that yeah, when that happens, it's continuing in the same uh, point of view as the chapter that it first introduced that. Uh, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so, like, we'll see the change when, like, the new header comes up. So we're going to be starting off uh, with Bartimaeus, I guess. Yeah! I mean, only fair that I, the great and powerful Bartimaeus, have the last say in the book. Mm -hmm. It is after my all. series, after all. Your name is on the cover. It, it is my name on the cover, yes. You're quite right. God, I fucking love Bartimaeus. What's up, Blaze? You have your I'm researching something. Mm -hmm. I'm actually just looking further back in the book to the statue. Which statue? The, the one in oh, the garden. To... Gladstone's, oh, the one that... Gladstone's uh, oh, the one he was remembering? Yeah. Yeah. The one that he wanted to be named after, right? Yeah. Yep. Gladstone? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the one. There is no mention of the inscription at all. Isn't there an inscription on it, though? According to what we have found out, yes, there is. Just not what it is. Um, so um, just a bit of a flashback here. Uh, let me see here. He keeps me company, Nathaniel indicated the statue. I like him, even though I don't know who he is. Him? Ms. Lutians glanced up from her sketchbook but went on drawing. Oh, that's easy. That's Gladstone. Who? Gladstone, surely you know. Doesn't Mr. Purcell teach you about recent history? We've done contemporary politics. Uh, also, Whisper is redeemed a cat check. Too recent, Gladstone died. Uh, too recent. Gladstone died more than 100 years ago. He was a great hero of the time. There must have been a thousand statues of, uh, made of him and put up all over the country. Rightly so, from your point of view. You owe him a we lot. Got a bird. Nathaniel a bird. was puzzled. Why? He was the most powerful magician to ever become prime minister. He dominated the Victorian age for 30 years and brought the feuding factions of magicians under uh, government control. You must have heard of his duel with the sorcerer Disraeli and Westminster Green? No? You should go and see. The scorch marks are still on show. Gladstone was famous for his supreme energy and his impl uh, his implacable defiance when the chips were down. He never gave up his cause, even when things looked bad. Gosh, Nathaniel gazed at the stern face staring from beneath the covering of moss. The stone hand gripped its lightning bolt loosely, confidently ready to throw. Why did he have that duel, Miss Lutians? I believe Disraeli made a rude remark about a female friend of Gladstone's, and that was a big mistake. Gladstone never let anyone insult his honor or that of his friends. He was very powerful and quite prepared to challenge anyone who wronged him. She blew charcoal from her sketch and held it up to the light critically. Gladstone did more than anyone else to help London ascend to magical prominence. 
In those days, Prague was still the most powerful city in the world, but its time had long gone. It was old and decadent, and its magicians bickered among the slums of the ghetto. Gladstone provided new ideals, new projects. He attracted many foreign magicians here by acquiring certain relics. London became the place to be, and it still is, for better or for worse. As I say, you ought to be grateful. Nathaniel looked at her. What do you mean, for better or for worse? What's worse about it? Ms. Lutien's pursed her lips. The current system is very beneficial for magicians, and for a few lucky others who cluster all about them. Less so for everyone else. Now, let me see how your sketch is going. Oh, uh, okay. There is no mention of an inscription. Do you hmm? think he's misremembering it, then? Either that, or it's just added on flavoring to the fact that he has eidetic memory and the fact that he's yeah. done so much research in that little montage of research in the yeah. book. It's probably just, hey, you, you'll remember that there was like this uh, descriptive montage that I that I wrote. You could you could infer that he got it from that, just to fill in that plot hole device. Maybe. Also, with that cat check, uh, I don't have a cat, but I have. Uh... Uh, the cats here are not that of my own, and I don't. You don't what? We have a bird. There's a bird. I was able to give you guys a bird. Yeah, bird. I have. I have a Furby, and I have a Pokemon. This is one of my Pokemon. Celebi. My, my Celebi. His name is Prosper. And then the 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 cat thing that I do have is this little stress oh, ball. Wait, sort of I have thing. a cat. Come here, you. Now I ask that you be nice to me. It's a void. Hi, Wisp. This is Wisp. He is a baby. Hi, Wisp. He was a barn Tiny cat. Void. Little barn kitty. Yeah. With that being said, though, I'm thinking we should wrap this up, take a tiny little break, and then move mm -hmm. on to our final chapter. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Just in time, too. There's food. So. So. For the idiot book nook. I'm Blaze. Uh, sorry. Hold on a second. Let me retry that. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at l-a-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash idiot book nook for chapter 42 of the Amulet of Samarkand and episode I can't quitely remember because I don't have it written down. I'm Blazewing. I am the... <clears throat> Sorry, let me start over. I am the Reading Dragon and yes, Northern Whisper, I did say Furby. Hey. Lady Punnett. I'm Lady Punnett. <laughs> and I'm Kritishai. And we'll see you guys for the final chapter of the Amulet of Samarkand. We're going to see how this closes out. Yep. Yay. For the audio listeners, have a good night. And for the Twitch viewers, we will 